what seems to be the problem, officer? I'm afraid you can't park here, sir. Why ever not? It's in front of a hydrant, sir. It's illegal. I'm going to have to fine you. But that's preposterous. What kind of a law is that? I've never heard such small-minded bureaucratic nonsense. That's as maybe, sir, but it's my duty to write it up. Maybe not. Hang on a second. Officer Denton, do you know who I am? Yes, sir. You're President Nixon, sir. You're a Yale man, aren't you? How's your wife, Gloria, isn't it? The twins keeping you busy? Just, sir, run off her feet, sir. They're terrorists at that age. Look here, son. I was hoping you could turn a blind eye to this parking ticket of yours. This man is on an important mission, but I'd consider it as a personal favor to me. Of course, sir. Happy to help. So, I'm off the hook? Yes, sir. Just be careful where you... So long, suckers. Hello and welcome to the Oodcast, Series 3, Episode 15. To my left, I have the inestimable Laura. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, right opposite me, um, with the blue light of the microphones shining on his beard, is the quite amazingly brilliant Chris Sigma. And he's wearing the Davison t-shirt from that brilliant range of t-shirts you can buy from Forbidden Planet. Yeah, the kind of t-shirt that you can only really wear indoors or at a convention. <laughs> I'm just going to adjust that if the blue light's on. Just give me a sec. That was fun. Some good foley there. Cool. And um, not with us, unfortunately, is Chris Alpha. And there's a reason for this, isn't there? Yeah, he was. He was with us this afternoon and we set up all our equipment and we laid out all our scripts and we were ready to record and it just wouldn't work at all. There was a bit of a problem with Sigma leaving his tiny knob in the wrong position. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. It's nine o'clock at night. Uh, We started recording at one in the afternoon. And about 10 minutes ago, I noticed that one micro switch on our setup was in the wrong position. Switch that tiny little thing, everything hummed back into life. And there you have the Oodcast homage to the Edge of Destruction. It's just that little switch, he says, trying to do a Hartnell impersonation. Was that was that your Hartnell? It's not very good, is it? It, it wasn't great, no. I'm clutching my lapels. It's just that little switch. You see, it's stuck in the on position. Sounds more like Pinky or Perky. Yeah. I'll work on it, though. Excellent. Here's the Oodcast News. Oodcast News. Welcome to the Oodcast News. The revelation that the silence had been behind all of mankind's major milestones has relieved some at the Children's Channel CBeebies, who finally have someone else to blame for the Teletubbies. I've got something here in my handwriting, but I don't recall writing it. It says, My news script is with our new production assistant, who is a silent. Remember to keep him in eyeline. No idea what this means. 
The offices of environmental health have again spoken out about the smell of rotting flesh that seems to have been hanging around since the late 60s. Could everyone please check their kitchen cupboards one more time, said a spokesman. We think something may have died in there. While most spent the bank holiday weekend in the UK celebrating the royal wedding, John Barrowman was reportedly camped on Stephen Moffat's doorstep, begging him for a chance to have Captain Jack Harkness return to the series and for a <clears throat> professional partnership with Canton Everett Delaware III. Again, I, I can't find my script. <laughs> Sorry. Oh no, there it is. No, it's gone. Huh? Entire nation feels nauseous and vaguely disturbed after watching the royal wedding. And finally, Clearasil have developed a new solution for problem skin amongst growing girls and boys. As seen at the end of last week's Doctor Who episode, it involves totally blowing off your face and starting with a new one. Podcast News. We've all seen Day of the Moon, right? We have. Um, no. Oh. I had something really important to do. I wanted to paint my toenails. That's hmm. right. You can we to see concentrate them? Are they any that? good? No. You, well, actually, you can see one of them through my sock because I've got a hole in the toe of my sock. And there's one on the mantelpiece. It came off. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You actually did that. He left uh, toenail clippings on our bureau and a friend of mine came round for tea and walked past the bureau and I was trying to make him a crumpet with some butter on it and then I noticed there were toenail clippings so I had to try and hide the toenail clippings underneath the pat of butter. It was wrapped. That could have been a recipe for disaster. It could have, but luckily it wasn't. Chris, what did you think of Day of the Moon? I loved it. Really thought it was amazing. I have to say, since I watched it, uh, I really got to stop looking on Twitter and uh, Gallifrey Base and things because there just seems to be such a backlash towards Stephen Moffat at the moment. I it had to come at some point. Anything popular gets to a point where people start pushing back against it. Um, but the arguments being levelled at it are stuff like it's too clever, it's too complex, it's too adult, and. I guess I can see some of those points, perhaps, but it's just so much about this episode that's so beautifully written and and the acting is phenomenal in it. Mm. I really enjoyed it, but I may may be able to concede that perhaps it is written more for me than it is for a 10-year-old. I have to say, for me, it brought me out in a cold sweat, quite literally. I went to bed on Saturday night and then I woke up at two in the morning covered in sweat, having had a fearsome nightmare where the silence invaded our wedding reception and we had to go around and try and pick them out from amongst the guests armed with nothing but a rusty old service revolver and a battery of sharp wit how did the wit help with picking up the silence not very much i seem to recall there were butterflies at some point but i'm not sure they had too much to do with anything else ah dream logic gosh how about you andy I also loved it. I got confused by the beginning, though. I didn't understand what had led to them being on the run for three months and how Canton knew that they were not baddies and how was he shooting them but not really shooting them. Blanks, I would imagine. Did they know that he was a good guy and therefore they knew to fall down when he shot Yes, yeah. It was obviously a plan that they had all put together before it happened and i think the only reason i can think of that they staged this 
huge ploy was to convince the silence that they weren't uh, clear and present danger, that they were on the run, that they weren't plotting anything. How did they know the silence didn't know that they'd hatched a plot? They didn't. I guess the, the fact that they were being left alone to do it meant that the silence wasn't mm. didn't know mm. i do agree though that wasn't explained at any point they're basically running interference i've thought of the silence's absolutely patent idiot proof defense against the kill us on sight command what? it's very easy look over there a duck <laughs> or you know if if you're in america a buffalo look over there a packet of half-priced jelly beans. You know, that sort of thing. Uh, I, it has been pointed out that really only in America would people be armed enough to take on a silent. Everywhere else, you know, if you're just a sort of a kid playing on the street in, in anywhere in Britain, then, you know, you're told to kill a silent, probably wouldn't be able to do it. You're probably just going to say something a bit rude to it, like, oh, yeah, who you think you're looking at? Like that. It'll be in the 60s. It'll be, it'll be more like... Cheer up, governor. Shine your shoes. <laughs> Why the long face? Well, they do actually have quite long um, um, faces. In fact, do you know they've actually got a specific medical malfunction? Did you know that? No. No. No, it's called an astomia, hmm. which is the lack of an oral orifice. So oh. they're a bit like mayflies, really, which makes me wonder how they feed exactly. I mean, do they just hang around and mate a lot for a, a while and then die? Maybe they draw energy from around them all the time. You know, when they um, kill people, they're drawing energy from their surroundings and then channeling it into a beam of horrible, nasty energy. Maybe they're always drawing energy from their surroundings on a low level and that's how they feed. But that makes me think they've got a lot of energy to draw from in the 60s and like now in the modern day era. But what if they arrived at the time of the burning wheel? The burning wheel, the greatest invention of humankind. <laughs> Combining our two best things that we invented. Burning and wheels. That presumably means there was just like fire. Would they kill people with fire? What would they There's do? There's always low level sort of radiation and stuff, isn't there? The earth is generating radiation. I was impressed by uh, the way this one was shot. Uh, I, a lot of people... Ha- have been a bit down on the fact that the Doctor rather liked the fact that River Song shot people. But I think that was just a bit of a joke. He said, I rather like it, but I shouldn't. Do you remember? I thought he was, it was a desperate situation and he was aware of the fact that actually he felt emboldened and encouraged by River having a gun. And therefore he was like, I know I shouldn't like this, but actually, just at the minute I do. I don't think he likes the gun at all. I think he just sort of, he like he likes a naughty woman. Uh-huh. And I think that he knows there's no alternative, really. There's that brilliant exchange that I know that Chris Alpha particularly liked, which was uh, something along the lines of during the gun battle scene, her going, what are you doing? And him going, helping, I've got a screwdriver. And she goes, go and build a cabinet then, <laughs> which was a line I loved as well. Yeah. Very funny. Which is from, didn't... That's also in The Empty that. Child, yeah. Mm. Yeah, ooh, Moff recycling his best gags. Or maybe there is some credence to the River Song is Captain Jack rumour. No, there is not. I'm joking. So what I was going to say was the reason I brought that up was I really liked the saturated light and the kind of slow-mo of that shootout scene. I thought that looked great. It just looked really Mm. cool. Mm. Yeah, it did. It did. And the way that the Doctor 
um, defeats the silence with his placing of the uh, you should kill us all on sight thing in the middle of the moon landing. Um, going back to what you were saying, Chris, about whether that's a credible way of defeating the silence or not. Do yeah. you, what, what's your opinion? I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was a masterstroke. Uh, again, it's, it, it follows the logic that the plot has laid down already. If a narrative has an internal logic about it and then is faithful to that, then that's brilliant. Now, there's a lot of stuff you can throw about around what happens to all the bodies. How can people who don't have guns attack a silent? Even if they're not armed, they can still electrocute you into dust or whatever it is. Uh, so there's a lot of things in there. But I think if you're creative enough to come up with these problems, then you're creative enough to find solutions. Mm. So with those two examples, perhaps the silent rapidly decay and leave nothing behind. That's how their bodies work. And the second one, we know that most of uh, the silent are in America and their population very much is armed. Uh would you stay on a planet, if you're an alien race that colonised other planets and you had one planet that was forever getting up in your grill, mm. would you stay there or would you just go to the next planet? Yeah. Oh, but we have to assume that they are able to escape from the planet because they've orchestrated the whole space programme and many other things they need. I know, I know, there's to get the spacesuit, to get the girl. And in a way, actually, that was just making me think, really, the silent are a bit like the Krillotane. They just nick the best bits that they want from other races. But technology-wise, Quillotane actually take physical aspects of different species. But I just thought I'd link back to an old Doctor Who monster (laughs) to demonstrate that, yes, I am too also a fan. Well done. I think you've done that by hosting a podcast for the last... Yeah. We're getting on for 50 episodes now, aren't we? We're getting nice. You're not always painting your toenails. Doesn't take that long since I only got nine of them now. <laughs> I can't believe that we haven't mentioned that ending yet. I was so pleased I knew nothing about it. I sat there and gasped. I thought it was absolutely breathtakingly brilliant. And I also sat there and gasped. Ray, you gasped, I gasped. Okay, I, I didn't want to spend too much time, but pop theory, favourite pop theory and what this means, the fact that she can regenerate. Okay, well... I still think there's some sort of wordplay on the names Pond and River. And I'm wondering if there's some sort of connection between the two characters. I had an idea they were each other's mother. That could happen with time travel. (laughs) Imagine this. Mm -hmm. Amy Pond has a daughter. The daughter travels back in time. Ah. And then grows up, has Amy Pond. Oh, that's weird. Well, the, no, we've, met, we've met Amy's the, mother in The Big Bang. Yeah, she could be an adopted mother, mm. birth mother. Yeah. That's a bit out there, but it couldn't actually happen with time travel. I did travel. hear one it's crazy theory. Loop. One crazy theory. And apologies to the fan of ours who suggested this, that Amy's baby was, in fact, a silenced baby. I can see where they're coming from in terms of all oh, women feeling sick and clutching their stomachs when they see a silent. But... She suggested that the TARDIS being a sentient thing was looking at, they're not looking at Amy during the scanning process. I think the flaw is that the scan was on her for the whole time. She didn't move. The scan was entirely focused on her. So to have the flux happening that quickly between pregnant and not pregnant. Quantum pregnancy, or as I like to think of it, Schrodinger's embryo. Schrodinger's embryo. The, Schrodinger's the f- embryo. After Schrodinger's cat, uh, which was a philosophical theorem, 
if there's a cat in the box and there's some means of the cat being killed, I think sometimes it's a gas pellet, sometimes it's a radiation gun or something, until you open the box and find out whether the cat's still alive or not, then it's actually in a quantum state of being both alive and dead simultaneously. Something can exist in the flux state. And that's certainly what's happening with Amy's pregnancy. I just think it's very interesting. I seem to, I think that it's going to come out looking a little bit like one of those plastinated skeletons, you know, half finished. Yeah, that would be a lovely Saturday tea time image. Amy giving birth to some melting skeleton. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Woo! Then there would be some credence to that. Moffat has made it not about not for kids anymore, mm. I think. Enjoy your baked beans, kids. Ooh. There's a lot of stuff that's been set up in the first two episodes, which were obviously set up for uh, the long game, if I may refer to a previous episode of the New Who series. You think they're being set up to make sense of the long game? No, I don't mean to make sense of the episode, the long game. I mean, they're being set up to be resolved in future the episodes. Story the overall story arc. Simon Pegg turned out to have done it all. My question is, what do we think of the fact that we've got so many questions in the first two episodes, none of which are answered. Do you think that casual viewers will be put off or drawn in? The fact is that there aren't that many casual viewers anymore. I know fandom likes to think of the not-wees, the people mm. who aren't obsessed with it and always thinking and talking about it. But the fact is, this is an immensely popular series now. It's definitely in the top five series of everything that is made in the UK. There are enough of us now who are fans to and you wouldn't get Corrie pe- starting again every week. Oh, and this is Vera. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. It's it would Vera, be crazy to continue to treat people as if they're not watching this series. Because they are. Alpha ha- raised a few things that he was quite interested in as a remaining questions. The girl, obviously. And the silence he doesn't think they're all done with. But one which I have now come back to because I've remembered what it was that she said and just thought the heck what the what is the lady in the eye mask who opened the shutter in the girl's door inside the children's home and she says oh it looks like she's just dreaming yeah at that point i thought hang on a second because that's got a bit of a sort of a parallel thread running through it because as far as we've seen the silent don't actually cause hallucinations no that was definitely something from a future episode yeah because the lady who did that I can't remember her name, but Francis she is... Francis Barber? Is it Francis Barber? I think so. It was Francis somebody, yeah. She's a, she's a very, very a famous actress. actress yeah. yeah. So definitely that, that something from, an extra, from the future. Yeah, from another so part of the series. Somebody is looking back into Amy's life at this point, or Amy is in some sort of coma state. It had the idea... To me, it felt like there was some sort of dream state, parallel state, running alongside what it was they were currently it doing. very life on Mars, ashes to ashes. Yeah, if I was a betting man, I think we'll see that scene from the other side yeah. with the woman, you know, creating some portal and looking back at that episode. That's what I reckon. Oh, I love that bit where Amy um, looks through the window when she's trying to escape the silence and she's, she, sees, she sees she's got the tally marks on her arms and then she's looking in the window and suddenly in the reflection you see tally marks on her face. I love that, the fact that she's... She's doing them on her face in the reflection of the glass. And at first you don't realise how they got there. So clever. Yeah, the tally marks and the the recorder in the hands are both brilliant little Mm. devices to ramp up the tension, aren't they? And wasn't Kerry Shale amazing, the guy that ran the children's home? I didn't like him. No? No. I thought that was brilliant. 
excellent. Well, I'm wrong then, <laughs> but I couldn't place his accent. Oh. Well, it was slightly American. Was it like Falcon Lake? Or? A little bit. My, um, my office I is say, over there. I say boy. I thought he was perfect. I thought perhaps it was a little bit cheeky. Was the whole, oh, now it's out of her hand. It still transmits what she's saying, even though there's no actual receiver anywhere near her. And it talked about a sort of a, was it a psychic yeah. link? The fact that it fused with the culture. But if it had fused that much, then how the heck were the silent able to um, get it out of her hand in the first place without Painfully. absolutely macerating her hand in the process? Is macerating a word, Laura? It is. It means to sort of chop and chew. Ooh. Oh, nice. I thought it was masticating. Macer- look up macerate. It is a word. <laughs> okay, we will. We'll, we'll look do that Masticate later. is to chew, though. Macerate. I liked the uh, increasingly farcical entrances of Pres- President Nixon at one point where he, he walks into the Area 51 thing from inside the big black box and he just like goes, oh, this is, no one's going to know what's going on. I, I'm stumped for words myself. Um, hello, I'm President Nixon. Yes, that Make was quite Google. amusing. It made me think... Um, that fact that he's got the president on tap and he's able to manipulate <laughs> him that easily into recording all the tapes for Watergate and so on and so forth. <laughs> there was a line, it, wasn't there? Yeah. Make sure you record everything in that this office. In this office. <laughs> the fact that he has that much control over the president could possibly enable him to misuse it. Fries, a strawberry shake and an apple pie. Love those pies. Hotter than the sun and twice as appley. Maybe three times as appley. Beautiful. Anything else, sir? Some ketchup, please. Can't have fries without ketchup. Ketchup is five cents per sachet. What? I have to pay extra for ketchup. I'm afraid so, sir. It's company policy. We'll see about that. Hello, young lady. How about you give my friend here some free ketchup? Just this once, for me? Well, of course, sir. I didn't realize I have five. Thank you, Mr. President. Don't mention it. Now, if you'll excuse me, I've left the Palestinian-Israeli delegation in the Roosevelt room. Mm, Whatever. These fries are great. Very tomatoey. So what does everybody think of the trailer for the yo-ho-ho and a bottle of rum episode as I'm calling it. Creepy. I think we're continuing with that sort of dark scariness. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really see too much of the scariness of it. The only thing was the little bit where Lily Cole goes at uh, something like a little cat. (laughs) But I didn't look too closely at her face because it reminded me of that really scary bit in Moulin Rouge where the absinthe fairy suddenly throws a big strop and her eyes go all red and it's scary. Or that bit in Lord of the Rings where Galadriel suddenly has that big mare and oh, I'd be a queer, terrible, powerful, which also freaked me out. So anything where a pretty lady gets a little bit creepy freaks me out slightly. So I wasn't looking too close. Oh, so you may need to get behind the sofa on Saturday night. I was behind it for the first two episodes, so I see no reason why the third <laughs> should be any different. Yeah. I think it's interesting that obviously moving away from the story arc, I mean, they're so definitely moving away from the story arc that they actually get the Doctor saying at one point, 
Shall we follow up on this thing mm. with the little girl? Nah, nah, let's go and do something let's else. Some adventures. That's completely separate from but it. But he does seem to say quite distinctively, but you only live once, which I wonder if that was a hidden significance or just one of those lines. Is one it of those because things. the season has been moved around? And beforehand they were going to go and explore it more, but now because of shooting mm. dates and things, they can't. And so this one's been dropped in as number three. And so... Could be. Moffat had to put in something quickly about why the Doctor suddenly forgets about the little girl for a while. Could be. It's a nice practical take on it. I want to know why the Silence wanted a spacesuit and why they went to all the trouble of engineering the space race for a spacesuit. Because they were bringing up the kid. Mm. The little Time Lord kid. But why does the kid need to be in a spacesuit? Yeah, and what would it be like when she went to school? Miss, miss. What is it, Billy? Maria just cheated on the test, miss. Don't tell tales on other children, Billy. But she cheated, miss. And how did she do that, Billy? She headbutted me, miss. And in so doing, created a telepathic link between our brains, allowing her to crib my answers, miss. Don't make up stories, Billy. It's unbecoming. We don't want a repeat of P last week now, do we? But she really does have two hearts, miss. I felt her pulse. Just because you didn't win the egg and spoon race? It's not that. She's an alien for realsies. She's scary. Yesterday in the playground, Daniel Pearson and Jacob Burns tried to take her crisps and she told them she wasn't human, that she walked in eternity, that her name was whispered with fear and respect on a million battle-scarred worlds in a thousand alien tongues. Good for her. Those boys needed to be taken down a peg or two. This school won't tolerate bullying. What happened next? They ran away, miss. Then she won stuck in the mud by taking herself out. Well, that doesn't sound very fair. It was a causal loop, miss. There's nothing against it in the rules. We checked. I see. And she reprogrammed the vending machine to become a matter transporter. Sophie Lovell went to buy some Maltesers and now she's in cheddar. The town or the cheese? I don't think you're taking this seriously, miss. Fine, I'll talk to the girl. Get her side of things. Where is she? The climbing frame? No, miss. She blew that up last Tuesday. Said it had become sentient. The Wendy house, then? Probably. She spends a lot of time in there. Okay. Well, stay there. I'll go and have a word with her. Billy? Yes, miss? Did the Wendy house just disappear in front of us? Yes, miss. Miss? Yes, Billy? Told you so. No one likes a smart ass, Billy. Sorry, miss. Well, seeing as the silence don't eat, maybe they would think um, that, you know, they wouldn't know how to feed it. They'd be trying to rub food in through her little baby fontanelle. What's a fontanelle, Loss? It's a soft place in the middle of the head where the skull has not completely formed. Hmm. Weird. A little peek behind the curtain now. Normally we go away and write sketches separately. And up until now we've had no point where two writers have written about the same scene. But this week, for the first time ever, we have both myself and Chris Alpha writing about the scene with Canton and the video phone. So for your delight and delectation this week, we present two entirely different sketches about the same scene. Excellent. Mm. 
have bandaged my wounds. Why? We have our reasons. Maybe we don't like to see creatures die. I cried like a newborn when my dog Bingo got run over by a truck. But it makes no sense. You know what we have done and what we will do. You should kill us all on sight. Thank you. That's all I needed to hear. What do you mean? This thing here is a video phone. A video phone? Yes, whatever that is. It means I can record your movements and sounds. I have everything you said on tape. All I have to do now is... Oh, shoot. Something wrong? Not at all. Would you mind just repeating what you said a minute ago? Which bit? The bit about you should kill us all on sight. You deleted it, didn't you? Sort of, yeah. So you want me to tell you to kill us all again? That's what I'm asking you, yes. I don't think I want to. Oh, come on, please. But it sounds a little suicidal to me. Yes, Doctor. How are you doing in there? Small problem. I got him to say it, but I just deleted it. How did you manage that? This is 1969, Doctor. I'm not going to see one of these for another 40 years. Well, all right. Next best option is this. Point the camera thingy at the silent. Done. Press record. Done. Is it recording? The little red things come up on the screen, yes. Good. Now, repeat after me in your best gruffy, silenty voice. You should kill us all on sight. Who, me? Guess you. You should kill us all on sight. And now, press stop. Done. Now save the file by pressing the round button and then exit. Can't see the exit option. I meant exit the cell. Oh, right. And now take two. You tend to my wounds. You are foolish. Why? What would you do in my place? We have ruled your lives since your lives began. You should buy us all a nice bunch of flowers on sight. Pardon me? I don't know why you don't give us a lovely big hug and perhaps a lollipop. Look, I don't think this is quite what the doctor had in mind. What else do you think we should do to react against your global domination? You should bake a cake with our face on. Try again. You should name your children after us. Nope. You should all go to massage lessons and then devote countless hours to rubbing baby oil into our huge, freaky heads. Perhaps something a bit more violent. Gift vouchers? Nope. A haiku? Nope. Any kind of comedic verse would be fine. Something you wouldn't like. Smiling gives me wrinkles. You could tell me an excellent joke. Doctor, do you read me? I don't think this is going to work. Actually, there is one thing. What? I've never been kissed. Okay, well, that's Day of the Moon. Another creepy, excellent adventure, part of adventure for Series 6. Done. Here's to more. Tick. Blimey, it's good. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And we'll all be back together next week, technology permitting. But for the meantime, it's goodbye from me, Andy. Goodbye from me, Laura. Goodbye from me, Sigma. Oh, and Alpha's not here to say goodbye.
let's all say goodbye vicariously for Alpha. Bye! Bye. Saw my first real spaceman traveling with the Lord of Time. Got a flashing palm that's red. It was the summer of '69. Me and my wife Amy, we escaped and we ran real hard. River's dead, Canton's been brainwashed. Then she thought we'd never get far. Oh, when I look back now. Closed door. Nice one, Dickie. 